Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Greetings, Mosaic Church, friends and family. I believe this is week four of Mosaic Church OKC Online. We welcome you uh, to this worship experience. We're just probably weeks away from being able to gather together again. We look so forward to it. But until then, let's do what we always do. Let's hold our iPhones up, our iPads, our Bibles, uh, and, and do our confession. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, 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 in Jesus' name, amen. Well, this week we're going to talk about four steps to a comeback. Uh, throughout life, we will both have individual setbacks, corporate setbacks, uh, in this case, pandemic setbacks. And oftentimes, uh, people stay back when they get set back. But the reason Jesus came was to give us an opportunity to experience a comeback. When Jesus was going to the cross, it looked like that uh, it was a setback and that he would stay back because this was the Son of God and he had all authority and all power and yet it looked like he was being defeated. But God was allowing the setback so that when Jesus came back, there would be great glory. So in this moment, whatever crisis we may be going through collectively or individually, I promise you that we have the opportunity to write our own history, to determine whether or not we're going to stay back when we get set back or we're going to come back. And Israel was constantly a disobeying God, being punished, which was the setback, by their behavior or their choices. And God was always calling them back and introducing the opportunity to them to come back. So in Isaiah chapter 54, 54 verse 1, Sing, O barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy, you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. And this is obviously God speaking to Israel here, says the Lord, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. Now, here's what I want to point out in that one little verse, is God said they're, they're your cords, they're your tents, and they're your stakes. God didn't call them his. He said they were Israel's. In this case, we could say, if he's speaking to us, they're ours, which means we're going to have to apply uh, works with our faith. We're going to have to apply effort uh, to come back from our setback. And it says, your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Do not be afraid. You will not... Uh, you will not suffer shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the repro reproach of your widowhood. For your maker 
is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. No more uh, are we going to have to suffer the, the shame of those decisions in the past, the mistakes we've made. There will always be people that will want to talk about your past. And in a moment, I'll share with you how to use the criticism, the gossip of your past to catapult you to your comeback. Many people will allow what people say about them to cause them to stay back, to shy away and live in shame. But it says, for the maker, your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. The Lord will call you back as if you were a wife deserted and distressed in spirit, a wife who married young only to be rejected, says your God. For a brief moment I abandoned you, but with deep compassion I will bring you back. A lot of people are waiting on God to do something, but God is oftentimes waiting on us to exercise faith, and we need to do what we can in order for God to do what He will. A lot of people are waiting for God to do what He will without ever doing what they can. And so whenever we talk about a comeback from a setback, we have to realize we have a very a big role to play in experiencing the redemption of God, the comeback, if you will, of God. One person said Christians are supposed to not merely endure change, but we're supposed to cause it. And sometimes circumstances like we're in right now, uh, those are things that changed our world, if you will, uh, at least for a season, if not for a long time. But now, we don't just endure change. What we're going to do is create change. So what, what does it have to do with the comeback? There are many people in the world today that this pandemic has at least stirred their curiosity as to who God is and uh, what eternity is all about. And is there life after death? And what does this mean for us? And there are so many people now that are alert to the possibility that there is more to this life and the afterlife than they originally thought. And it's not something we want to play on or we don't want to uh, mock the fear that they might be having. And we don't want to say, I told you so. What we want to do is not only experience a comeback in our personal lives and collective life, but help others know that they might have experienced a setback as a result of the pandemic or maybe they were already set back prior to it and uh, we don't want them to stay back we want to move forward I know that when Mosaic Church resumes meeting together again our worship experiences will be more powerful and significant than they were prior to the pandemic there's a certain awareness and, and uh, an alertness if you will when we go through something that actually we didn't initiate the change, but it caused us to say, what do I need to do to change? Another person said, the only hope we have of crossing over gaps is for us to change personally. Change is the handmaiden nature requires to do her miracles with. So for us, we're closing the gap, if you will, from our setback to our comeback by the faith that we exercise in Jesus. So there are four steps to this. Number one, what's behind us 
is our motivation. What is behind us is our motivation. So for people uh, who have experienced measures of success in the past and step by step, uh, we experience uh, different levels of success. Uh, you know, used to be graduating from high school was a really big deal, really big deal. And then more people realized they needed a college education. So they started going to college and, and that was even a bigger deal. And so one success motivated them to believe they could have another success and so on and so forth. And then there are people who've experienced incredible failure and uh, they've not seen even a level or measure of success but they've seen others. And oftentimes when we look around us, it's what we see around us that motivates the things that, that we experience in our lives uh, to maybe think we can do something that we didn't originally think we could do. And so we have all experienced, if you will, that moment in time where we had a very big decision to make as to what we were gonna do and how we were gonna respond to failure. Uh, my father grew up in a family of 12. He was the ninth born of 10 children. So including his parents, there were 12 in the family. They were incredibly poor. Uh, and my grandmother actually, her way of making a living was she took in the laundry of, of wealthier people and she did their laundry. And that was, she did, never had a driver's license. They lived in a small community in Sand Springs, Oklahoma. And uh, my dad had an entrepreneurial mind. And so he told his mother that he would deliver uh, the laundry to the families in a wagon. And so what he would do, because he experienced all this poverty, being the ninth child, he never had anything, didn't have a pair of shoes until he was five years old. And he could have said, the setback I've experienced in my family uh, is gonna keep me back or hold me back or I'm gonna stay back. He could have made that decision to say, you know, this is our lot in life. And he could have decided to just stay back and say, this is my lot in life. But he had something in his mind that he was determined and motivated because of all that was behind him. This, parents' history, his grandparents, and all that was behind him, the poverty, the lack, the suffering, he decided that that was going to be his motivation. So when he would deliver the laundry, uh, my grandmother told him she would do the laundry for a certain fee. Well, my dad would deliver it and say, that's how much the fee is to do the laundry, but here's the delivery fee. Well, he would collect extra money and not tell his mother, but he would take her the full amount that she expected for her work and then my dad kept the extra if you will the delivery fee now you can say that's sketchy uh your dad was uh you know a little deceptive not really because my grandmother never told him there wasn't a delivery fee uh, she just told him she would deliver it and so oftentimes we can find ways if we're very creative to determine we're not going to stay back just because we lived uh, in a setback as a result of how we grew up. And uh, it's so very, very important that we get creative and that we're determined and motivated. Charles Schwab said, in my wide association in life, meeting with many and great men in various parts of the world, 
I have yet to find a man or woman, however great or exalted they were, who did not do better work and put forth greater effort under a spirit of approval than he would ever do under a spirit of criticism. My dad didn't have uh, any encouragement, but encouragement and approval is a lot better motivator. But for those of you that don't have anybody that's believing in you, telling you you can, uh, you can come back from your setback. Uh, you know what? Maybe you just have to use the platform that you have. And uh, some people will use COVID as a launching pad. Others will use it as a stumbling block. Some will use it as motivation. Others will use it as an excuse. If wherever you are in life, it is your choice and your decision. It's not your mom and dad's. My dad decided he would not live in poverty the way my grandparents did. And I loved my grandparents. They loved God. They were good Christian people, but they never had in their head that they could do better than what they were doing. But my dad did. And as a result of that, at 33 years old, he had built his fourth house with his own hands, fully paid for cash. He decided, I will not live in poverty anymore. So we can choose to succeed by using the past, be it positive or negative. The events behind us can activate the dream within us. So no matter what you've done in life, maybe you've made big mistakes, maybe you've, you've messed up numerous times. Israel had messed up numerous times. But God's promise is, I will never leave you, I'll never forsake you. And, and if, all we have to do is seek the Lord. And if you'll seek Him, He said you'll find Him. And you will find God's destiny, God's plan, and God's pathway. Second thing is, what's before us should create perspiration. So what's behind us should create motivation. What's before us should create perspiration. You say, well, why perspiration? Because whatever is before you, your comeback is going to come with perspiration. In Hebrews chapter 12, it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, this is out of the New Living Translation, let us strip off every weight. What is your weight? Doubt, fear, unbelief, criticism, past blunders, past mistakes, past sin. Whatever it is, the author of Hebrews says that we're to strip off every weight that slows us down. Ask yourself the question, what is it that slows me down? I'm afraid somebody will laugh at me. I'm afraid someone will criticize me. I'm afraid that that there won't be enough people around me to support the dream that I have and to encourage me, and they'll just make fun of me. And what if I fail? Maybe that's the biggest question that people ask. What if I fail? If you fail, get up and go at it again. The righteous man falls seven times. The Bible says he rises again. I don't care how many times that you've fallen, slipped, and gone down. I care about how many times you get up. And all you have to do is get up one more time than you fall down. That's all you've got to do. And it says, uh, especially the sin that so easily hinders our progress. Now, sometimes we, we use the word sin as the big sins, if you will, all the big ones that, that are out there. And uh, But, you know, it's a sin to gossip. It's a sin 
to be unkind. It's it's a sin, uh, if you will, to to just be do nothing. I mean, it's really to him who knows the right thing to do, and to him who does not do it is sin. And it says, and let us run. Now I don't know how many of you have ever run. I'm sure most people have. You sweat. You perspire. Uh, let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. In other words, God is letting us know that the comeback will create perspiration. If it doesn't create perspiration, the dream you possess may not be big enough. God didn't say he would do the work. He said it's your tent, your cords, your stakes. It's your ownership. Your setback is waiting on your Come back. God is waiting for you to use your setback as a launching pad for your comeback. And I believe that as we put God first and as we humble ourselves, pray and seek his face, that he will hear from heaven. Then God is hearing the prayers of a nation right now, if not nations, that are believing him for a better result after what we're going through right now. It's certainly a setback in every way. It's a setback professionally for many people who will lose their businesses and their jobs. It's a setback for our country. It's a setback uh, in so many ways. But if we will turn to God, we have a guarantee that we'll come back. Many people are looking to government leaders, the president, and as much as I respect all of those in authority, they're not perfect. I, I'm on Facebook, I see all the arguments over Democrat, Republican, all of these different debates. Folks, let me say something. They're human. But our God is a supernatural God. These are natural people. God is supernatural. And, and all the criticism that we can cast on our leaders is not going to change our nation. But all the prayers that we pray before God and all the faith that we exercise in God will turn things around in our nation. I promise you there's not been one president yet that's really in charge. God's ultimately in charge. And we need to pray for our leaders. We need to believe God that, that uh, they might wake up one day with one thing on their mind, but as we pray, God puts something else in their mind. We just need to keep praying and believing and, and loving each other because love never fails. So let me ask you this. What are you spending your time doing? Are you spending your time in fear? Are you spending your time in doubt? Are you spending your time in conversation saying, man, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. This is never going to turn around. It's going to take a decade. I've heard all kinds of comments. What I'm looking at is I'm so excited about May. I don't know if the stay-at-home order is going to be lifted, but I'm just excited because I believe that we've all been able to take a step back and evaluate and ask the question, what have I done? What am I doing? And what am I going to do to make sure that my best days are ahead? Because you and I get to term determine, not the government, not someone else. We get to determine if our best days are ahead. Because it doesn't really matter. You can ask Daniel. I mean, Daniel, all he did was obey God, pray three times a day. And when he was found out, they said... We're going to throw you in the lion's den, Daniel. I'm going to keep praying. And y'all can think you're going to run my life if you want. But when they threw him in, they were like kitty cats. They didn't even eat him. Daniel said, there's someone bigger than you, King. 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, there's someone bigger than you, king. Even if our God doesn't deliver us, we're not going to worship you. And, and so they heated up the furnace because the king was so heated and angry. And, and you talk about perspiration. We're talking a fire that was heated numerous times beyond what it usually was just because the king was so angry with their response. But they said, you know what? You might be, look, we might be looking into the face of an incredible setback. We're going to lose our lives, but we're going to trust God and we're going to experience a comeback. What they thought was going to be a setback in the natural, if you get thrown into a fire that hot, as a matter of fact, the fire consumed the guys that threw them in. And you may be looking into the face of a lion. You might be looking into the face of a fire that is burning hot. You're saying, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this, but I've got good news for you. If you'll stay strong, you'll stay in faith, you'll do what you can. God will do what he will. And let me say this to you. The fire will not touch you. When they came out of the fire, the Bible says they didn't even smell like smoke. What a comeback. It looked like they were never going to make it out of this enormously hot fire but God. So what do you dream about? Do you even dream? And if you're dreaming, I pray that it causes you to even have sweat as you sleep. Well, man, I don't know how this is going to happen. But God knows. And I pray that we're dreaming big. One person said genius is 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration. In other words, that, that genius in us, is that one thought, that simple thought is great. But it's going to take work to get there. And God wants us to move forward. Success is sweet, but its secret is sweat. Success is sweet, but the secret to success is sweat. So keep on dreaming. Your comeback is just before you. Now get this. So what's behind you is your motivation. What's before you is your perspiration. What's within you is your imagination. I was uh, preaching a sermon on imagination one time. And, uh, I love parts of social media, and I dislike a lot of it. But I, every time a preacher preaches, there's always somebody out there trying to determine whether he's accurate or not. That's great. I, I want to be as theologically sound as I can be, even though I know that I, I'm not perfect in my theology. I try to be. But I preach this message on imagination. And when we were children, we didn't have all of the video games and things of that nature. Uh, we had to imagine. Uh, we would build uh, leaf cars in, in, in the fall where the leaves would fall. And I so loved cars even when I was young. I would build a car and play like I was sitting in the driver's seat in the yard driving the car. We didn't have three TV stations. Now, I'm sounding really old right now, but things have moved really fast in the last decade. So anyway, our decades. And so Paul put it this way, that God is able to do more. Uh, well, actually, let me read it to you. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that's at work within us. Yeah, I had somebody say, well, you know, imagination is, is uh, a magical thing. It's not God. And I said, imagine's in the Bible. God wants us to see the comeback instead of setting in our setback. God is for us, and if God be for us, 
who can be against us. And quite frankly, the only person that can stop us from our comeback is us. The only person that can keep you from your comeback is you. The only person that can keep me from my comeback is me. When I came back to Oklahoma City to preach, I had to overcome a lot to come back. I had moved to Texas. I was happy with God, happy with my life. Uh, I, I was doing fine. But I knew that my best days were ahead. And had I not seen God do things in the past, uh, that was my motivation. I knew that God was still with me. I knew the gift and call of God was irrevocable. It was without repentance. And that's all I needed to know. And I didn't need to prove anything to anybody. All I had to do was prove to God that my setback was not going to be permanent because Jesus died on the cross, suffered a great death so that you and I would not be stuck in our sin and stuck in our past and stuck in our mistakes. So I don't care what you've done. And quite frankly, it doesn't matter whether I care or not. God doesn't. God cares about you, not what you've done. Jesus paid the price for you and eradicated the sin of your past and all that you've done. So we have to lean on Him and rely on God in our situation to keep on having an imagination. St. Augustine said, Faith is to believe what you do not see. The reward of this faith is to see what you believe. The reward of faith is to see what you believe. So the question is, what do you believe? Do you believe that things are going to stay the way they are? This is just the way they are? Or are you going to say, enough, I'm not going to stay back in my setback. I'm going to come back. Jesus and the great cloud of witnesses I referred to in Hebrews chapter 12, they are still surrounding us. And I believe today, uh, supernaturally, I can imagine Isaiah, Jeremiah, I can imagine Nehemiah, I can imagine Adam and Eve, and I can just imagine all the people that, that served God in, in the Bible times are leaning over the rails of heaven. And they're cheering us on, saying, you can do this. We've been there. We've done that. I, 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 I survived a lion's den. I survived the fiery furnace. Uh, Elijah, I, I survived the wicked Jezebel. I mean, the list goes on of Bible characters who were set back. And Moses, who killed somebody and fled. David, who committed adultery and had her husband killed. Those were setbacks that looked like there was no way for a comeback. But we serve a God who majors in the impossible. So remember this, nothing is impossible with God. And then lastly, what's around you and who's around you creates the determination. You need people around you that will speak life into you. Some people want a lot of friends, and that's fine, I guess. I, but... I look at Jesus' life, and he had 12 guys he hung out with, and one of them wasn't even a real friend. And so it's not the number of friends, the quantity. It's the quality that you and I are looking for. The right people 
will help you believe that nothing is impossible. The Bible says, he who walks with the wise will become wise, but a companion of fools comes to ruin. Make sure that you put yourself around the right people or that you put the right people around you. There will be people that refuse to face their setback and determine to come back. So they'll stay back. And there's this old saying my mother used to tell me, misery loves company. So there are miserable people. Furthermore, there are miserable Christians. And I don't know why, because we have everything to look forward to and everything to live for. We know that this is a moment in time, and that's all you're going through right now is a moment in time. The great basketball coach, John Wooden, put it this way, failure is not fatal, but failure to change might be. So you and I get to decide, are we going to come back? Or are we going to, what are we going to do? There's a great story. Uh, Jan Paderewski was asked by a fellow pianist if he could be ready to play a recital on short notice. The famous musician replied, I'm always ready. I've practiced eight hours daily for 40 years. The other pianist said, I wish I had been born with such determination. Paderewski replied, we are all born with it. I just used mine. We are all born with a comeback in us. We are all born overcomers. We are all born more than conquerors. We just have to determine that, in fact, greater is God in us than all that's going on in the world. It's not too late for you to start your comeback. My prayer is that if you lost your job, you lost your paycheck, you've lost everything in this season, in this moment, I don't want you to look at what you've lost. I want you to start looking at what you're going to possess because God is not going to allow this setback. He'll do what he will. We must do what we can. Let's begin to believe him. Let's do what we know to do and God will do what only God can do. There are those of you watching right now that this may be brand new to you and this may sound like pie in the sky to you, but as I look into this camera, I remember a time when this guy believed that life was going to be the way it was for the rest of my life. I was lost. I didn't know God. And I, I looked at the world around me, but I didn't look at the God above me. And I want you to start looking at the God above you instead of the crises around you. And so I want to pray for you, and then I want to pray with you because... Jesus died for everybody. The Bible says, all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So let me pray for you right now, and then I'm going to ask you to pray with me. Father, I pray for those that have worshipped with us today, Mosaic Church Online. And I pray, God, that you would bring strength through this message. I pray that you would inspire, motivate, and cause determination to rise up in everyone who's watched. And Lord, I thank you that we're going to look at what you've done and what you did 2,000 years on the cross, 2,000 years ago on the cross, rather than what we've done. But now, Lord, we're going to put our faith and works together, and we're going to watch you do great things through us, in us, around us. And those around us are going to be affected even positively by the change in us. In Jesus' name. Now, those of you that have yet to receive Christ, I want to pray this with you. Or those of you that are backslidden and 
you're not walking with God anymore. I want to pray this prayer with you, and I promise you, you're going to sense a difference. You're, going to, you're not going to change overnight, and, and God's grace is so awesome. He's patient in every way. He's just looking for us to start our journey to the comeback. Pray this with me. Say, Father God, thank you for sending your only son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today, I give my life to you. I repent of my sin. I call you Lord, Savior, and friend. Amen. Well, here's what I want to encourage you to do. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or to rededicate your life, I want you to text the word SAVED to 405-500-1310. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.